Chapter Twenty of Seven Keys to Boldpate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Seven Keys to Boldpate by Earl Dare Biggers. Chapter Twenty. The Admiral's Game. The village of Upper Asquewan Falls gave a correct imitation of snow upon the desert's dusty face, and was no more. Bidding a reluctant good-bye to upstate romance, Mr. Magee entered the solitary day-coach which, with a smoker, made up the local to Rutan. He spent a few moments adjusting Mrs. Norton to her new environment, and listened to her voluble expressions of joy in the fact that her boarding-house loomed ahead. Then he started for the smoker. On his way he paused at the seat occupied by the ex-hermit of Baldpate, and fixed his eyes on the pale blue necktie Mr. Peters had read erected for his return to the world of men. "'Pretty, ain't it?' remarked the hermit, seeing whither Mr. McGee's gaze drifted. "'She picked it. I didn't exactly like it when she first gave it to me, but I see my mistake now. I'm wearing it home as a sort of white flag of truce.' or almost white do you know mr mcgee i'm somewhat nervous about what i'll say when i come into her presence again about my inaugural address you might put it what would be your conversation on such an occasion if you'd been away from a wife for five years what would you say when you drifted back that would depend replied mcgee on the amount of time she allowed me for my speech you've hit the nail on the head replied mr peters admiringly she's quick she's like lightning she won't give me any time if she can help it that's why i'd like to have a wonderful speech all ready something that would hold her spellbound and tongue-tied until i finished it would take a literary classic to do that what you want laughed mcgee is a speech with a punch exactly agreed mr peters i guess i won't go over to brooklyn the minute i hit new york i guess i'll study the lights along the big street and brush elbows with the world a bit before i reveal myself to her maybe if i took in a few shows but don't think i won't go to her my mind is made up and i guess she'll be glad to see me too in her way i got to fix it with her though to come back to my postcard trade in the summers i wonder what she'll say to that maybe she could stay at the inn under an assumed name while i was hermiting up at the shack he laughed softly it'd be funny wouldn't it he said her sitting on the veranda watching me sell postcards to the ladies and listening to the various stories of how lost love has blighted my life and so forth yes it'd be real funny only ellen never had much of a sense of humour that was always her great trouble if you ever marry mr mcgee and i suppose you will take my advice marry a sense of humour first and a woman incidental like Mr. McGee promised to bear this counsel in mind and went forward into the smoking car Long rows of red plush seats unoccupied save for the mayor and Max greeted his eye He strolled to where they sat about halfway down the car and lighted an after-breakfast cigar Max slouched in the unresponsive company of a cigarette on one side of the car across the aisle the mayor of Rutan leaned heavily above a card table placed between two seats he was playing solitaire mr mcgee wondered whether this was merely a display of bravado against scheming reformers or whether mr cargan found in it real diversion 
curious he slid into the place across the table from the mayor napoleon he remarked lightly whiled away many a dull hour with cards i believe clumsily the mayor shuffled the cards he flung them down one by one on the polished surface of the table rudely as though they were reform votes he was counting his thick lips were tightly closed his big hands hovered with unaccustomed uncertainty over the pasteboards quit your kidding he replied i don't believe cards was invented in knapp's day was they it's a shame a fellow can't have a little admiration for a great leader like knapp without all you funny boys jollying him about it that boy sure knew how to handle the voters i've read a lot about him and i like his style you let history alone snarled mr max across the aisle or it'll repeat itself and another guy i know will go to the island if you mean me returned cargan forget it there ain't no st helena in my future he winked at mcgee lose a little peevish this morning he said had a bad night he busied himself with the cards mr mcgee looked on only half interested then suddenly his interest grew he watched the mare build in two piles he saw that the deck from which he built was thick a weird suspicion shot across his mind tell me is this the admiral's game of solitaire exactly what i was going to ask said a voice mcgee looked up kendrick had come in and stood now above the table his tired eyes were upon it fascinated his lips twitched strangely yes answered the mayor this is the admiral's game you'd hardly expect me to know it would you i don't hang out with the swell clubs where the admiral does they won't have me there but once i took the admiral on a public service board with me one time when i wanted a lot of dignity and no brains pretty bad and he sort of come back by teaching me his game in the long dull hours when we had nothing to do but serve the public the thing gets a hold on you somehow let's see now the spade now the heart kendrick leaned closer his breath came with a noisy quickness that brought the fact of his breathing insistently to mcgee's mind i never knew how it was played he said something told mr mcgee that he ought to rise and drag kendrick away from that table why he did not know still it ought to be done but the look in kendrick's eyes showed clearly that the proverbial wild horses could not do it then tell me how it's played went on kendrick trying to be calm you must be getting old replied the mayor the admiral told me the young men at his club never took any interest in his game solitaire he says to me is an old man's trade it's a great game mr kendrick a great game repeated mr kendrick yes it's a great game his tone was dull i want to know how it's played he said again the six of clubs reflected the mayor throwing down another card say she's going fine now there ain't much to it you use two decks exactly alike shuffle em together the eight of hearts the jack of say that's great you lay the cards down here just as they come like this he paused his huge hand held a giddy pasteboard a troubled look was on his face then he smiled happily and went on in triumph and there you build mr kendrick he said the reds and the blacks you build the blacks on the left and the reds on the right do you get me then say what's the matter for kendrick had swayed and almost fallen on the admiral's game the game that had once sent a man to hell go on he said bracing nothing's the matter go on 
build damn it build the mayor looked at him a moment in surprise then continued now the king he muttered now the ace we're on the home stretch going strong there it's finished it's come out right a great game i tell you he leaned back kendrick's fever-yellowed face was like a bronze mask his eyes were fiercely on the table and the two decks of cards that lay there and when you finished he pointed when you finished mr cargan picked up the deck on the left all black he said when the game comes out right and the other kendrick persisted softly he pointed to the remaining deck a terrible smile of understanding drew his thin lips taut and the other mr cargan red replied cargan what else could it be all red he picked it up and shuffled through it to prove his point kendrick turned like a drunken man and staggered back down the aisle mcgee rose and hurried after him at the door he turned and the look on his face caused mcgee to shudder you heard he said helplessly my god it's funny isn't it he laughed hysterically and drawing out his handkerchief passed it across his forehead a pleasant thing to think about a pleasant thing to remember professor bolton pushed open the smoker door i thought i'd join you he began why david what is it what's the matter nothing replied kendrick wildly there's nothing the matter let me by please he crossed the swaying platform and disappeared into the other car for a moment the professor and mcgee gazed after him and then without a word moved down the car to join cargan and max mcgee's mind was dazed by the tragedy he had witnessed a pleasant thing to think about he did not envy kendrick his thoughts the mayor of Ruton had pushed aside the cards and lighted a huge cigar well doc he remarked jocosely how's trade sold any new schemes for renovating the world to the upstate rubes i should think this would be sort of an off-season for the reform business peace on earth goodwill toward men that ain't exactly a good advertisement for the reformers is it it's an excellent one replied professor bolton the first essential of goodwill toward men is not to rob and debauch them oh well doc don't let's argue the matter replied cargan easily i ain't in the humor for it anyhow you got your beliefs and i got my beliefs and that ain't no reason why we should not smoke a couple of good cigars together have one thanks i reluctantly the old man took a gay banded havana from the mayor's huge fist you're very kind i suppose it's sort of a blow to you the mayor went on that your plans up there on the mountain went all to smash it ought to teach you a lesson doc there ain't nothing to the reform gag the train slowed down at a small yellow station mr mcgee peered out the window hooperstown he read Ruton ten miles he saw mr max get up and leave the car not a thing to it duck cargan repeated your bunch has tried to get me before you've shouted from the housetops that you had the goods on me what's always happened your own creatures have acquitted you replied the professor from a cloud of cargan's cigar smoke fair-minded men decided that i hadn't done wrong i tell you doc there's dishonest graft and i'm against that always and there's honest graft the rightful perquisites of a high office that's the trouble with you church politicians you can't see the difference between the two i'm not a church politician protested the professor 
I'm bitterly opposed to the lily-white crowd who continually rant against the thing they don't understand. I'm practical, as practical as you, and when... Noiselessly, Mr. Max slid up to the group and stood silent, his eyes wide, his yellow face pitiful, the fear of a dog about to be whipped in his every feature. Jim, he cried, Jim, you got to get me out of this. You got to stand by me. Why, what's the matter, Lou? asked the mayor in surprise. Matter enough, whined Max. Do you know what's happened? Well, I'll tell... Mr. Max was thrust aside and replaced by a trained newsboy. Mr. McGee felt that he should always remember that boy, his straw-coloured hair, his freckled, beaming face, his lips with their fresh, perpetual smile. All the morning papers, gents, proclaimed the boy. Get the root and star, all about the bribery. He held up the paper. Its huge black headlines looked dull and old and soggy, but the story they told was new and live and startling. The mayor trapped, shrilled the headlines. Attempt to pass big bribe at Baldpate Inn, foiled by star reporter. Hayden of the Suburban commits suicide to avoid disgrace. Give me the paper, boy, said the mayor. Yes, a star. His voice was even, his face unmoved. He took the sheet and studied it with an easy smile. Clinging in fear to his side, Max read too. At length, Mr. Cargan spoke, looking up at McGee. So, he remarked, so, reporters, eh? You and your lady friend, reporters for this lying sheet, the star. Mr. McGee smiled up from his own copy of the paper. Not I, he answered, but my lady friend, yes. It seems she was just that. A star reporter, you can call her, and tell no lie, Mr. Mayor. End of chapter 20